No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Saul offers to David his youngest daughter, McCall, in marriage, but all the while he hopes she will be a snare to him. Saul's envy knows no bounds. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 18 on Simply the Bible. Saul had offered riches, tax exemption, and his own daughter in marriage to the person who would kill Goliath. Since that was David, Saul now offered him his daughter, Merab, to be his wife. But there was one catch. We pick it up in 1 Samuel 18, 17. Then Saul said to David, Here is my older daughter, Merab. I will give her to you as a wife. Only be valiant for me and fight the Lord's battles. For Saul thought, let my hand not be against him, but let the hand of the Philistines be against him. Now wait just a minute. When Saul had offered his daughter to the one who slew Goliath, there was no additional requirement. Saul was now changing the terms of the agreement. And if David wanted to marry Saul's daughter, he had to prove himself by fighting more battles against the Philistines. Saul added this condition because he was secretly hoping that the Philistines would kill David on the battlefield. Saul's daughter was merely a pawn in his murderous scheme to destroy his rival. So David said to Saul, Who am I and what is my life for my father's family in Israel that I should be son-in-law to the king? But it happened at the time when Merab, Saul's daughter, should have been given to David, that she was given to Adriel, the Meholathite, as a wife. David reveals remarkable humility in his response to Saul. When Saul defeated the Amalekites, he set up a monument for himself. But David did not even consider himself worthy to marry the king's daughter, even though he had killed Goliath and already won several battles against the Philistines. But did Saul reassure David that he was worthy and would make good on his promise to give him Merab, his daughter? No, he gave his daughter to someone else. David would later write in Psalm 15 that the person who dwells in the holy hill of the Lord swears to his own hurt and does not change. But certainly that did not describe Saul. Now Michael, Saul's daughter, loved David. And they told Saul and the thing pleased him. So Saul said, I will give her to him that she may be a snare to him and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. Saul's daughter, younger daughter, Michael, loved David. But was it true love? Or was it merely infatuation? Certainly, David was a young war hero. He was popular with all the young women of Israel who sung their songs that David killed his ten thousands and Saul his thousands. David was a good-looking commander who conducted himself wisely. So no doubt, from Michael's perspective, he was a great catch. But we will see later that there would be marital strife between them. 
she did not appreciate David's enthusiasm for the Lord, and she would become barren as a result. But whether it was true love or not, Saul didn't seem to care. He saw his daughter's love for David as an opportunity to ensnare him. I don't know how Saul thought Michael would be a snare to David. Maybe she was simply high maintenance and Saul knew it. Or maybe Saul knew that Michael didn't have a heart for the things of God. But somehow Saul reasoned that through this marriage, the Philistines would overcome David. Therefore, Saul said to David a second time, you shall be my son-in-law today. And Saul commanded his servants communicate with David secretly and say, look, the king has delight in you and all his servants love you. Now, therefore, become the king's son-in-law. This time, Saul didn't add any extra conditions that David had to fulfill to marry his daughter. Instead, he sent his servants to convince David that he and his servants delighted in him and really wanted this marriage to work out. So Saul's servants spoke those words in the hearing of David. And David said, does it seem to you a light thing to be a king's son-in-law, seeing I am a poor and lightly esteemed man? And the servants of Saul told him, saying, In this manner David spoke. David revealed that his main hindrance to marrying Michael was that he was poor and could not afford to pay the bride price of a princess. Then Saul said, This you shall say to David, The king does not desire any dowry but 104 skins of the Philistines to take vengeance on the king's enemies. But Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. David's concern about a dowry played right into Saul's hand. For he saw a way here to send David back into battle against the Philistines where hopefully he would die. He told David, The only bride price I want is for you to take vengeance on my enemies and kill 100 Philistines and bring me their foreskins. This was a highly unusual dowry, to say the least. Saul was so mad with envy and hatred that he didn't even consider how this would affect his daughter, how her heart would break when her newlywed husband suddenly died in battle against the Philistines. A man's unbridled ambition will destroy his relationships with those nearest and dearest to him. Many marriages and families have been ruined by a man's pride. Michael's happiness meant nothing to Saul now. All he could see was the prospect of David dying in battle and he would be rid of this threat to his throne. On the other hand, Saul may have thought that he would never have to give Michael to David in marriage because David would die in battle before he collected the full bride price. So when the servants told David these words, it pleased David well to become the king's son-in-law. Now the days had not expired, therefore David arose and went, he and his men, and killed 200 men of the Philistines. And David brought their foreskins, and they gave them in full count to the king, that he might become the king's son-in-law. Then Saul gave him Michael, his daughter, as a wife. David showed great diligence in collecting the dowry. He gave Saul twice as much as he requested, and he did it before the deadline. Diligence is doing the right thing on time. 
David was diligent and courageous. Therefore, Saul had no choice but to give David his daughter in marriage. Thus Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David and that Michael, Saul's daughter, loved him. And Saul was still more afraid of David. So Saul became David's enemy continually. Saul had hurled a javelin at David and tried several times to kill him with the sword of the Philistines, but all his attempts at murder failed miserably. Even Saul could see that the Lord was with David and that the Lord had left him. Perhaps Saul thought that Michael would be loyal to him, but instead she loved David. The more Saul sought to bring David down, the more the Lord raised him up. It's like the tighter he tried to put his grip on David, the more David kept slipping through his hands. Now, throwing javelins and stones at someone or seeking to hold them down so that they don't advance is the mark of someone who is on their way down. It is the mark of someone who does not have the Lord ruling their life. If you have never been tempted to be envious of someone who is better than you at something or who is more popular than you or more spiritual than you or has a higher position than you, then don't worry, you will be. It doesn't matter how good you think you are or how popular you think you are. Someone else will come along someday who is better or more popular or has a higher status in some way. And that person is more talented, better looking, smarter, or more skilled than you. And it seems that he or she can do no wrong. Now you have a choice. You can throw spears, cast stones, or harbor envy in your heart against that person. Or you can pray for him and seek to help him be the best that he can be before the Lord. We will see that this was the kind of person that Jonathan was toward David. In one sense, Jonathan had far more reason to be envious of David than his father because Jonathan and David were closer in age. But when Jonathan observed that the Lord's hand was upon David, rather than fighting it or trying to compete with David, even though Jonathan was next to be king, he bowed to the Lord's choice and sought to be David's friend. And by responding this way, David became greater and so did Jonathan. Saul, on the other hand, in seeking to cast David down, was himself cast down by God. Saul was now afraid of David because he could see that God was with him and that there was nothing he could do to touch him. In this, Saul is like Satan. Satan knows that he is going down, down, down to the bottomless pit for a thousand years and to Gehenna, the lake of fire for eternity. He sees the children of God as those who have been bought with the bride price of the blood of Jesus Christ. And there is nothing Satan can do to stop that. The more he seeks to destroy us, the more he sees God's blessing on us, it is a constant reminder that we are increasing and that he is decreasing. Like Saul with David, all Satan can do is be our constant enemy, but he knows it's a losing battle. Verse 30, then the princes of the Philistines went out to war. And so it was whenever they went that David behaved more wisely than all the servants of Saul, so that his name became highly esteemed. 
If you will continue to spend time in the Word of God and in prayer and seek to follow the Lord, then you will grow in wisdom. And you will find that you are increasingly victorious in overcoming temptation and in resisting the devil. You will see that you are bearing fruit for the kingdom, that God is with you and he's blessing you. And while there may be those who oppose you, with many others who love God and who seek to do his will, you will be highly esteemed and greatly loved. And there's nothing Satan can do to stop that. All it does is to make him more afraid when he sees God's hand on you and he realizes that you are a threat to his kingdom. Meanwhile, you will continue to grow in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and people. And why is that? Because you are a prince or a princess. You are a child of God and destined to reign with Jesus Christ. Oh, how great is the grace and favor that God has bestowed upon those who have trusted in Christ. David stands to us as this amazing example of one who wholeheartedly followed the Lord and whom God greatly blessed. May God help us to do likewise. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where Jonathan intercedes to save David's life. Saul swears that he won't kill David, but soon changes his mind. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 1 Samuel on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.